I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Pete, we're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is uh, maybe going to surprise some people today, which is intuition. Hi. Why is that going to surprise people? Oh, well, because I think, you know, I don't think when people <laughs> think when people think of cognitive behavioral therapy, I don't think intuition comes to mind as as a common uh, like concept or Notice like discussion your judgment, Doctor Rubin. Yeah. <laughs> well, but. but I don't judgment i just think that that's sort of i don't i don't think i think maybe some people would be surprised to hear uh like a a clinical psychologist say yes we're gonna talk about intuition and this is like a really important um thing to discuss and and uh connect with in practice it's something that's relevant in all that i do both as a as a professor because Mm -hmm. it's or and and working with athletes it's a thing you can't teach you could teach how to connect with it. That's what it is. You can teach yes. how to access it, but you how can't you it. can't give someone in, intuition. We all have it though. That's, That's right. the thing. Well, does yeah. everybody have it? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I would we could start. Well, I, I would love to start maybe as I know you and I both geek out on this. Uh maybe we could start by like the the um talking about like neurons in the gut, right? About the biology around it. Because I think I give we you do... a definition first. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Do the it. ability yeah. to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. Mm, yeah. Yep. That, I, 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 I dig. Yeah, I dig that. Oh, like that. I, I went to Oxford this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's mixing it up. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, you know, because to this point, it's like some people might ask themselves, like, maybe I don't have intuition. Yeah. Maybe I don't have an intuitive sense. Um, and, you know, the answer is yes, you do. It's like, how do we access it? So maybe we could start by talking about, um, just this part of our body. And for, for listeners that aren't familiar about this, this, this blew my mind when I first learned this in the, the GI tract in our gastrointestinal system, Mm -hmm. it's the only other place in the human body where neurons exist, the same cells that are in the brain. Did this blow your mind when you learned this? Like, Uh, like, yeah, (laughs) well, I do that with, I say that with clients because I learned that the most concentrated neurons are in that area. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, when I first read this, I was like, like, holy hell. I mean, this is kind of amazing. Right. So like, so can you say a little bit more about, um, you know, what you learned about it and sort of what you express when you're in therapy, when you're teaching people about it? So I grab my stomach. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. I, I usually, if I, I quiz and I'll say like, uh-huh. so where, yes. where do you think oh, you, the most you, neurons? <laughs> you mean for, for list? So you use some Socratic questioning as, as, as a, as a good, like a good CBT therapist. That's right. A good, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So Socratic questioning to yeah. where do you think the most concentrated neurons are in your body? Yeah. And oftentimes people think, what do you think? Nikki? They think well, I'd go brain, the brain. Right. Uh, and so I say, nope. <laughs> <laughs> It's you just booyah them. Yeah. Booyah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Insert emoji with the brain blowing. Yes. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's the gut, you know, it's, it's that inter- and, and there's a name for that, the enteric yes. nervous system, mm-hmm. which, you know, I didn't learn that in grad school. Well, I don't, I don't think, that, I don't think that it was actually like as common knowledge, honestly, really? like there's, we're not there's... that old. <laughs> like you say, we're, we're like... not, we're not, we, we did graduate 10 years. We graduated 10 years ago. I oh, mean, well, that's, we, yeah. we gra- no, no, exactly. Oh, it is the 10th anniversary. That's right. 2011. We, we, we oh, lived. so this will be our 10 year friend anniversary. No, it's our 11 year friend anniversary because oh. our internships <laughs> the last year. I, 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 I stick to this stuff. Thank yeah. But you. 10 years since we, we, we 
or got it, dark got it, got it, got it, right? Got it. So okay, but it wasn't yeah. long ago. We didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I just, but, but this I, wasn't talked about as much. This was well, like like wasn't. this is kind of a new thing in in psychology research to be talking about. I mean, That's it was a shame. kind of it was well. It's like the you know this is where like different wings of science, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they're kind of doing their own things, I think, and then eventually converge. I think it's, it's, yes, this is. So big. we're playing nice in the sandbox. No, I think we're playing in the sandbox. It's more like parallel play. We don't know what, we don't know what the biologists yeah, are doing over there. You, you got to play in the sandbox to be able to know what the biologists are doing. Like if well, I oh, have yes, the bio- yeah, that sandbox yeah. is for biologists, that one's for neurologists, that one's sure. for psychiatrists. Yeah, we, we, we got to, we, we're all you in the body. Yeah, because we're all the body. Right. Okay. That's thank right. you. That's so right. that's that's what I'm getting at. So that's what we learn. That's what we teach. And so I'll ask clients about that. They usually feel like really interested in it because everybody has had a gut feeling. So I will, I mm-hmm. don't like, you know, and I think sometimes they feel that the gut feeling, like when you walk into a dark room, you know, that or, and they, what's that psychological phenomenon where like you think something bad's going to happen and then, but you remember it, like you always are thinking bad things are going to happen, but the time it happens, then you think it's exactly what you were thinking was going to happen. Oh my God. That was just, <laughs> I, would, I would just say, <laughs> I, I'd call, I just call that anxiety and then anxiety, <laughs> right. Because, because to that point, so, and this is where people can get confused and, and maybe we could um, kind of parse this apart a little bit for our yeah. listeners is that a lot of people confuse a gut feeling, their intuition with emotions, and they're not yes. the same. So a lot of times people say, my gut's telling me something's bad's going to happen. I'm that's like, right. that's not your gut talking. Those that's your, your gut's not an oracle. Your gut doesn't yeah. predict what's going to happen. Your gut right. is is reading information in this moment. Your ner- right. The neurons, in, you know, so I'll say to people, why did evolution select for neurons in the gut, right? Mm-hmm. And from some of the things I've read, some of like the hypotheses, it's like, well, you know, like, it's a long way to travel up the spinal column to bring yeah. information to the brain, right? So it's it's something, and this is where mindfulness comes in, that it's something that's happening in this moment and your body is taking in the data that's available. And it was very, it's very adaptive to try yeah. to, to read that without having to go through all the processing that our brains do. I mean, we talk a lot about how that processing our brains do is often not very useful, right? You're so mad at the brain. <laughs> <laughs> funny it's like it's something that's really tickled me when you say that because i think you know it's like i really actually like love brains i know so you much, do i know you do. that's what's so it's, funny yeah it's actually that i'm so mad at <laughs> i'm so mad at our species for not not compassionately understanding how brains actually work that's yeah. really what it is you know because i'm like brains are so awesome they're just like you know they're limited yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean they're just they're not god you know they're not they're so there's a cognitive science to the way that we're processing that. Like, so I, what I hear you saying is like, that's the cognitive science of how we process the information because mm-hmm. that gut or that enteric nervous system doesn't have to go up to the brain. It's kind of like when you put your hand on a hot stove, it, you learn this in biology, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go to the brain to say, oh, get that off. Right. It's just like, do this, off. right? Yes. And yes. that's what I'm saying about like the dark room analogy I was trying to give, which you're right. Maybe it's anxiety, but there is also like a social psychology phenomenon of like, for example, every like people li- listeners have known someone who said, "Oh, I had the feeling I was going to get in an accident that morning, and I got in an accident." Oh, okay. So this is what it is. This is yeah. also important to distinguish. Thank and I ta- I've talked about this actually. I've talked about this recently with somebody. That's a premonition, and yeah. I tell people, I'm like, a premonition and intuition are not the same thing. No. And so in psychology, we don't, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of study around premonitions, and this is going to, you know, there can be like really hardcore scientists are going to say there's no evidence for that. 
I, I will share, I show this patients. I've had premonitions before and I sure. think, and some people have them, some people don't that's, but I recognize that's not intuition, a premonition. No. Again, I don't, you know, I don't know why I've had them or what, what that means, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't right. understand how most things work in the universe. Sure. Um, but, but that's not my gut, right? right? Intuition is happening in this moment, right. right? Intuition is just with the data that's available and intuition is really powerful because it's telling us something mm -hmm. that sometimes we don't want to listen to, right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's because again, our cognitive brains get in the way and they tell us stories about like, oh, like let's say you walk into a dark room and your intuition is like, something feels off in here. Yeah. That like, that's different than something bad's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I try to get people to, and from a behaviorist standpoint, tune into listening. Listening's a behavior, right? Well, how did you, to, how did you get to that? To this, to this process of. Yeah. Like how did you, how did you get to a place where you have a relationship with intuition? With my intuition? That's, yeah. that's, that's a great question. I would say it's interesting. I mean, I think that it's almost like I had to relearn how to have a relationship with it. I think, mm. I think that. Or, or, I, un, or unlearn. Well, I would argue we can't unlearn things, right? Like it's always, I, I can learn to not uh, yeah. reinforce some unhelpful learning. But I think that when, maybe when I was younger, yeah. I was more connected to it. And then mm. being a, a really, you know, verbal chatty, <laughs> you know, uh, problem you? solving <laughs> me, psychologist. I think sometimes that took me, took me away wait, from that. Wait, right? <laughs> me? You, yeah. <laughs> you mean you cornering me inside of a conference room as we were <laughs> trying to leave? And I was like, I got to just get out. But Nikki had to tell me this story. I did. I really did. <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete always references that story. <laughs> it's like, like, a, like a hard data point of how my brain... You? 410. So the six foot three man is trying to leave a conference room at 410. You know, California girl was like, I gotta tell you the story. I gotta tell you the story. He was like, I he was like, honey, we gotta, we gotta salute, you know. So you had to yes. relearn. I had to relearn how to how to, to, how to her yes on to the side in a really compassionate way. Yeah. And and then tune into listening. And I think for me, the mm. the way that I've learned to access that is shocker of the year, not the sarcasm, sarcasm <laughs> here, uh, through, through mindfulness, yeah, through yeah, mindfulness. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and honestly, like I also came to it as I have personally, my other mindfulness practices through cognitive behavioral therapies, because in dialectical yeah. behavior therapy and DBT mm, intuition is right. referred to as wise mind. Yeah. And so, you know, listeners, you're welcome to Google emotion, mind, reasonable mind, and wise mind, which is a, Venn a diagram today. Is it, it's, it's such a great thing. And yeah, I that, patients, that never gets old. Well, it doesn't because I tell people, I'm like, look, this is just, you know, DBT being a part of the CBT family. This is just what, what CBT calls it. I said, this, yeah. this concept is found in every culture, every spiritual tradition, right? It's because, and, and, and again, in biology, like this is a part of our body, Yeah. right? It's a part of our body that we want to listen to, but, but it's, but we have to make space to listen to it. So we're calling it the enteric nervous system. It's also the second brain, which is important for, yeah. for listeners mm -hmm. to, to there's recognize. A there's a book called The Second Brain. There's actually. a book called The Second Brain. And it really taps into creativity. I don't know if you mm -hmm. think about that, but mm -hmm. that, that intuition, the gut, the second brain really allows us to access, like you said, you know, things that you wouldn't have otherwise accessed. And I think part of that is creativity, which we talk a lot about here. Cur mm -hmm. Curiosity, creativity. That's all yes. part of that whole mindfulness journey. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, 
it's really just, it's listening to our own inner wisdom, Mm -hmm. right? It's that voice that we all have inside of ourselves. And, and I think, you know, what's important to clarify here, especially if we're trying to clarify the the difference between premonition or anxiety, which is saying something bad's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Intuition, I always say, is not chatty. It's like very um, still. Mm -hmm. It's very matter of fact. Sometimes it says, I don't know. Like sometimes people will be like, well, what my gut's telling me, I need, you know, that I have to do this thing. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't, that doesn't sound like your gut to me. It sounds kind of intense. Like, is your gut saying that? Or is your gut saying, maybe I don't have enough information yet. Maybe I don't know. And gather more information. Correct. Correct. Sometimes intuition is really loud and we don't want to listen to it. Like, I feel like a common example would be like someone's in a relationship that on the outside, you know, like checks all the boxes and maybe it's a really wonderful person, but something intuitively something in someone's gut is saying it's not right. And they don't want to listen to that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we, we want to fall in love with what might be or what, what Mm -hmm. could be. Mm -hmm. And I think gathering data for many of us is hard, especially like when you live in a very impulsive culture. Yeah. Our, our, our culture is really impulsive. Oh yeah. I mean, we're instant gratification. So we said, we, we say that a lot on this podcast that in the United States, like that's a very, um, it's like a very American, um, totally thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So, well, so, okay. So Pete, I'm wondering for you then, I mean, I guess I'll ask you the same question. What is your relationship with your intuition or how did you come to learn to connect with it? Well, I, 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 I'm still learning Mm -hmm. because it's a process. It's a Mm -hmm. lifelong process. It's Mm -hmm. a journey. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely mindfulness and meditation in Zen we we find that intuition is this state between the universal mind and one's individual discriminating mind, mm-hmm. which is yeah. exactly like we're saying with wise mind. Yes, it's like the between emotional mind and reasonable mind. It's the same thing. Exactly. So right. Well, because mm-hmm. we know Marshall Linehan, the developer of dialectical behavioral therapy, studied Buddhism. Zen Buddhism. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's how she developed this. And that's exactly where that comes from. Because, And that's why I use the word unlearn. Mm-hmm. I know that your behaviorism came in and said no such thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yes. I said, well, that's part of what we do in Zen. For, and I mentioned on here before the koans. And so as we're trying yeah. to like learn about teachings, mm-hmm. it's really about unlearning preconceptions we have about belief systems, mm-hmm. because that's what interferes with intuition. Ultimately, That's right. That's right. There's actually, you know, and I, I want to make sure I mention this on this episode, because I think it's such a wonderful example. There is, um, have you read the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? Have you ever read that book? No. Okay. Highly recommend it. And okay. for any listeners, other, it's highly recommend it. Blink is basically a book about this. That's not, if you, you know, read the back of the, you know, the back of the book, it doesn't say like Malcolm Gladwell is talking about intuition, but the whole, the whole book is about, you know, and he, he's a, he's a great writer and, and, um, you know, a very thorough researcher when he's doing yeah. a topic. And it, and basically the, the book is about, I would say kind of like about decision-making and Blink being like, we make our most effective decisions in these, you know, and again, he doesn't use this word so much, but these intuitive uh, mindfulness-based, moment-based ways. And what research has found is that um, ineffective decisions are made when people make impulsive, emotion-based mm-hmm. decisions. That's right. And when they overthink, uh-huh. they, they they go too much into the thinking mind. And so um, I've had so many patients over the years uh, come to me like separately and say like, have you ever read Blink? Like this Blink yeah. is like about intuition. And I'm like, I know it's exactly that. So it's, it's a, and again, if we bring in, um, you know, a behavioral lens, like really conceptualizing this as a behavior you can practice. You can practice 
accessing and listening to your intuition, yeah. right? And and I actually also tell people like the way I like to teach access to it and how I practice it myself is I like to start by actually locating that physical place in the body, yeah. right? So I'll say to people like, you know, practice by using, you know, in, my, in yoga, a lot of times we talk about like the mind's eye, which is basically mm-hmm. like if, if a listener right now closed their eyes and I said, can you locate your left earlobe using your mind's eye? Most people are like, yeah, can you find your right kneecap? Can you find the top of your head. Okay. Now find the physical center of your body. And I say that I'm like, and I'll go like very literally, like where wherever your physical center is. A lot of people, it's somewhere like behind the belly button, right? Or just below that. And then I'll say, and just focus attention on that place. Right there. You know, just right there. And, and it's so interesting because again, I've done this with tons and tons of people. What do people say when they're, when they're focusing their attention, they'll say, oh, I feel very still. Mm. I feel solid. I feel peace, mm-hmm. right? And I'll say, okay, so now we know you're you're connecting with your gut, your intuition. Mm-hmm. Practicing that, right? That's a place. And then I'll say, and then with time, you can start to listen to what it has to say. Which is hard for people. And that takes practice. And one thing I, I, I thought that I keep having is like, whatever thought, whatever decision you're about to make is not your last. And I think that that's mm. part of the overthinking piece yes. of intuition Yes, is that we feel like this next decision is so big that I need to have all of reasonable mind, all of emotional mind, and try and find my gut at the same time, because this is such a big decision versus like, what if you just let that go, try not to overthink mm-hmm. and mindfully connect that centerpiece and then see what comes up. Thank you for bringing that up because I think that is one, uh, very, uh, eloquently said and two, uh, extremely important because that comes back to this misunderstanding that like intuitions, t- like some people think it's going to tell you what's going to happen yes. and it's not, it's about making decision in this moment, right? What with the information available and, and decision-making, I was just like, it's risk-taking. You're like, yeah. okay, and let's see what happens. Like I'll share the example, um, that I always actually share with patients when talking about this with Pete and this Pete's uh, part of the story, because it has to do with where I ended up for internship, mm-hmm. which is for me deciding to um, match at the the place that uh, Pete and I were, were interns at together was an intuition based decision. Like at the yeah. time I really wanted to move um, to New York and, you know, I, whatever, for a lot of reasons, I, I knew, um, it was going to be harder to, to match there given, um, my training and coming from California. And, and so it was, it was absolutely an an intuitive decision, like with the information I had available. And when I got there, it turned out to be one of the hardest years of my life, (laughs) right? It turned out to be the, and I always tell patients, it, that doesn't mean my intuition was wrong right. and it, and I didn't regret the decision. Right? right. I was like, it, it was absolutely the right decision for me just because it was hard. It didn't undo what, what my gut had been telling me. It was just, right. my gut didn't know what was next. Well, right? and that hard doesn't mean wrong. Correct. And that's Correct. A, that's another piece of that. Wait, so can you use your intuition to tell me the lottery numbers for next week? <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm saying. Intuition is not for, and it's, and as I say over and over again to people, I'm like, your gut's not an oracle, right? Yeah, your gut yeah. is not an oracle. There's a movie about that though, isn't there? Well, uh, the matrix, <laughs> there's an Oracle and a, there's an Oracle in the matrix. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, Pete, thank you for, for sharing, um, about, you know, how you teach intuition and your practices with it. And, and I just want to leave, uh, listeners with this concept that you have, uh, you have a gut, right. You have neurons in there. 
Um, and because of that, you have intuition that is always available to you to connect with and listen to. And if you slow down and begin to practice connecting with it, you can listen to what it has to say. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.